Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Coming up this week, new TSA screening procedures could lengthen the time you spend at airport security. Disney is getting into a pissing match with AIG Insurance over the settlement of a defamation lawsuit. And we've also got some more information about Disney's new policy allowing dogs at select resorts, and it's not good. We're also going to discuss the most underrated quick service locations at each of the Disney parks, as written about by Disc contributor Kelly Caldwell. All that coming up next. From the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida, this is The Diz Unplugged. This is The Diz Unplugged, episode 963 for the week of October 24th, 2017. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Coming to you live from the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida, I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, Miss Teresa Eccles. Hey. Mr. Steve Porter. Hello. Miss Kathy Whirling. Hi, everybody. Mr. Corey Martin. I'm just happy to be here. And back in the production nook, our producer, Mr. Craig Williams. Hello. Along with associate producer, Mr. Rhino Clavin. Hello. Welcome, everybody, to the show. Hope you are having a good week. Um, just, uh, wait, has the uh, the Give Kids the World thing... Uh, no, I believe it ends on, on Friday? the 27th. On the 27th. Yeah. I wasn't sure if the 23rd or the 27th. But I want to remind everybody that uh, you have just a few days left for your shot at a night in the Cinderella Suite at the Magic Kingdom um, as part of a fundraiser to help support Give Kids the World. Just head over to omaze.com, O-M-A-Z-E.com, and uh, just sign in, sign up for you know a free chance to win. But you can also buy additional chances to win as well. And I believe next Monday or Tuesday they will be announcing uh, the winner. Um, of this of this raffle, very exciting. They've raised. Um, I don't have an exact number. They're not sharing that with me, but they are telling me that it has gone well above their expectations. So, oh good, uh, raised some really great money for uh, an amazing organization. So head over to omaze.com for your chance to spend a night at the Cinderella Suite <coughs> in the Magic Kingdom. And uh, of course, if you donate fifteen hundred dollars or more and send us a copy of your receipt from Omaze. You can have dinner with some members of the Disunplugged crew as our way of saying thank you for supporting a cause very near and dear to all our hearts. And we've got one coming up uh, Thursday. Um, yeah. I've quite a few scheduled. So um, if we haven't gotten back to you yet, if you sent that through, we have everybody's name. We will be getting back to you to schedule a time. Uh, obviously, we're starting to now run into the holidays. So time gets a little bit more... Uh, more pressed, but we will make it happen. We will make it happen. So um, that's all I have. Oh, I just also want to mention, because I forgot to do it last week, John and Kevin clearly still not here. They are just wrapping up their trip in China, their ABD trip in China. They walked the whole wall or what? They've been gone forever. They've been, well, they started out, you know, on you know with some of the folks that were traveling with us. Uh, they started out in Tokyo on their own doing those those parks. And then the ABD began in Hong Kong and then went to Beijing and then Shanghai. So 
they've, they've been, been very active on Twitter too. Dr- uh, the Dreams on <laughs> the Travel Twitter, Dreams You Travel. They've been posting there a lot. So a lot of great stuff being out. posted too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you don't get Twitter, we have it up on our Dreams Facebook page. And that's Facebook.com slash Dreams Unlimited Travel, correct? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And Teresa, <laughs> bless her heart, shows up. This is a bag of candy, okay? The rejects from my house. Yeah, with all the chocolate picked out. All the stuff from the Halloween party with the chocolate picked out. Um, Not twisty treats, it's just treats. Oh, speaking of. (laughs) Oh, here we go. what I do. Okay, flavor of the month is pumpkin. And I had it the other day. Stop the the presses. Where'd they come up with that? (laughs) You know, the brilliant marketing people at Twisty Treat. They're just jumping on the bandwagon with Cheerios and everybody else. It's the bandwagon. Um, the bandwagon. Okay. The band. Okay. So I had the pumpkin flavor in a twirl with um, like candied pecans in it. It was mm. real folly. It was mm. good. Mm. It was good. Twisty treat. You need breaking news music. No, I need breaking a lamp over her head every time she talks about twisty treat. No, it's exciting. Okay, I'm done. No, it's not. It really isn't. There's no. There are things that are exciting. No, Epcot getting you know reima- future world getting reimagined. That's okay, exciting. That's a Star big. Wars hotel. That's Those exciting. Are big, but you gotta have twisty treat gets pumpkin flavored ice cream. But you gotta have in a little daily excitement. This is my little daily excitement. Day to day, that's my world now. I'll try it. Oh, we could turn your job into a reality show. There we go. That would be daily excitement. Someone said that on uh, the board or on YouTube the other day. Put us all in a house and let us all live together. Oh my God! Oh, See geez. what it's like behind the scenes. It's terrifying. That is terrifying, <laughs> right? Well, we actually just tried something out um, for those who are. This is a good opportunity to plug Patreon. I do have, and I do have something to say about Patreon too. Sorry. Um, for our our Patreon supporters, we're doing a little. We did a little five minutes before the show. Mm. Um, that was a little salty. Was yeah, a salty. I let me know y'all salty. recording. A little salty. <laughs> yeah, we forgot. Corey was in the bathroom when we decided to do it. Fixing his hair under his hat. Go ahead. <laughs> wow. So what do you got, Rhino? Oh, um, just that uh, Tyler, um, uh, for those of you who don't know, Tyler is our West Coast uh, uh, guy who we're works calling him. Now. We're calling uh, Tyler Crouch. He's the, uh, the newest member of our team. Is based out in California, and I am referring to him as California Craig. California Craig, yes. So California Craig and I uh, came up with some new content for <laughs> Patreon that's going to try and be like an on the regular thing because we've been having trouble um, with all of the events going on and everyone traveling and all this stuff. And it's the um, the best and worst shows being like part of that perk has become a little inconsistent. And so this is going to supplement that to give you a little bit of extra something else in that perk. So this is kind of our, like you get some more stuff just because, um, it's cause so I've, I've, we've all kind of felt a little bad about that. So, um, there's a new thing and we'll see, we'll see how it comes out. We did it yesterday and I think it's pretty, I think it actually turned out really well. Uh, a, a new thing for Patreon subscribers? Yes, yeah. Um, and what is so, it? What is it? Well, I don't, I don't, I don't really want to. I don't want to say yet until it's like I have the Tyler's supposed to send me like a uh, a thing first. So they're I don't want to say. They're it gonna yet. put a GoPro in breeze. your car and just record you all the way to the welcome center. Well, it's gonna be X-rated, honey. <laughs> <laughs> but just if you're in the, if you you're will in, hear what do you, you drive to the welcome center topless? Like you? <laughs> no. 
like my my voice like talking. Uh, if you are a Patreon supporter, just make sure you check out that stuff. It'll okay. show up today, tomorrow, sometime this week. So. And if you if you want to learn how to uh, uh, more about Patreon and how you can support the show, head over to disunplug.com and just click on the show notes for today's show. And we'll make sure there is a link in there for you to follow. Anything else for housekeeping? I just need to say hi to my best friend, Brooke. And that's it. Okay. I just said it. I thought your wife was your best friend. Whoa. I've got a new best friend. Oh. So it's, uh, oh, there's drama at what? the Williams house. No, tell, you know, do tell. I'm, I'm not allowed to speak about it. So. All right. You just did. Now we're all sitting Don't here worry wondering. About it. No, I'm not really caring. <laughs> got my own drama. All right, so let's start off with um, with the news. Uh, the first story that I want to talk about, not a big discussion point, but I just thought it was an interesting news story, um, mainly because it's getting really ugly between the lawyers for Disney and the lawyers for AIG Insurance. So uh, this requires some backstory. Um, last year, ABC News did a, uh, uh, I, I, guess, I guess it's safe to call it an expose, about a company called Beef Products Incorporated. Mm. And uh, Beef Products Incorporated makes a, a, a process used in food manufacturing that is referred to as lean, finely textured beef. <laughs> and uh, this is basically trimmings that would not normally stay in packaged beef and meat products. And it's sold as meat filler. It's all meat, um, but it's sold as meat filler for other products, um, but because of its texture and its appearance, it was given the name Pink Slime. And uh, the company, after this expose, which uh, Beef Products Incorporated claims or states was misleading and unfair, they filed a defamation suit against ABC News. And uh, Disney, uh, they, the, the, the suit they, they filed was for $1.9 billion, with a B, in damages. Disney settled that for um, $177 million. And they have, in turn, gone to their insurance companies to help pay for this lawsuit. They have carry insurance. All of their insurance companies because they have more than one, all said, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll help out. We'll, we'll chip in for this. This is a legitimate claim, and um, this is why you have the insurance in case one of your reporters. I mean, ABC stands by their story. They're not retracting, but Disney did settle the suit. And so the insurers are saying, yes, this is what you, we insure you for, so we're going to pay some of it, all of it, all of them except AIG. Um, so... Uh, it's part of the AIG unit, uh, Chartist Specialty Insurance, and they don't believe anything is owed to Disney. And Disney is now in court in a bid to force arbitration. Um, on October 6th, Disney attorney Marty Myers of Covington and Burling LLP wrote to AIG's lawyer, quote, It is regrettable that Disney and AIG were not able to come to an agreement on further aspects of the arbitration and, law- and warned the company that any litigation would be frivolous. The response back from uh, the firm Kazowitz Benson Torres LLP is, quote, what is regrettable is that you are obviously an untrustworthy liar. Um, and that was from Michael J. Bowe, part of AIG's counsel. Um, and we'll see you in court. Wow. 
Hmm. Very unusual language to go, at least from what I normally see. Maybe, maybe lawyers talk like this to each other all the time, but I was like really su- kind of surprised. But um, I feel like he dropped the mic after that. Yeah, well, that was that was definitely a drop the mic, a drop a drop the mic comment. But um, yeah, so AIG, AIG and Disney are at it over this. And you would think, you know, somebody mentioned this to me, you know, Disney's got to be one of their larger. You would think one of their larger clients. You know, do they what's the what's the relationship going to be like after this? You know, so this was one of those news stories I knew was not going to generate much discussion. But I just thought it was interesting because one lawyer called another one an obviously untrustworthy liar. So I thought that was so the Disney lawyer called. No, no, no. The The lawyer for the insurance company called called the Disney lawyer an untrustworthy liar. Um, so this is ugly and I don't imagine if they're using language like that, that the court case is going to be much prettier. So get your popcorn. Um, all right. Another story that, uh, is we're we're seeing a lot more chatter about this, uh, on the boards and online in general are these new TSA screening procedures that the TSA is now saying you should probably arrive even 20 minutes to a half hour earlier than normal. Right now they recommend two hours, but now they're saying more like two and a half because they think the lines are going to get longer. At issue here is that they are now requiring any objects or any electronics larger than a cell phone to be taken out of your bag, put in a bin by itself with nothing on top of it. So your iPads, your game systems, uh, in addition to your laptops. So now, instead of having one bin with your laptop, one bin with your shoes, and one bin for everything else, um, they want a bin for all these things going through. So that, obviously, is going to lengthen things. But the part of it that really made me stop was that people are reporting that randomly they are being asked to take any food items out mm-hmm. as well. So I'm screwed. <laughs> there's something that's really interesting. I didn't think of I'm actually I wrote this piece, but there's something that I didn't think of that people are reporting in the comments that they are saying they went to the Halloween party and they had a giant bag of candy like so. Switch to me. <laughs> and apparently every individual piece has to be looked at. So if you have a giant bag of candy, they look at every single piece of candy, and some are swabbed for explosives. But yeah. I've also heard if you bag it up in clear bags, they, they don't take it out of the – it's like a, a quart bag with candy in it. They're just going to swab the outside of that okay. bag. Well, I mean, you're not going to – I don't know you, Teresa, but you, you're not going to walk I? onto a plane with a whole CVS bag of candy. No, you uh, have have you met Teresa? <laughs> <laughs> uh, for okay. that matter, have you met me? <laughs> okay, so – well, the Halloween party that if I were like the one I did it in California, I put that in my checked luggage. I don't put that, that in my carry on. Right. I, I triple bag it and put it in there so it's okay. But I don't get on a plane without snackage. I mean, it doesn't have to necessarily well, be chocolate. The, but I, the thing is, uh, I, I did go through this on the way back from LA. I brought home Kylie Group Bread from <laughs> yeah. California Adventure, and they did like they pulled my bag and went all the way through it and the tsa agent while she ended up being nice like she looked at me like you idiot why would you bring food through because now i had to pull your bag 
and go through this just to find what you had in there. So I would recommend, unless it's something like really important that you bought like that you can't check that you you bought last second, put it in. If you're done trying to buy snacks, pay the little bit of extra money and just get them in the airport mm-hmm. at one of the shops. That's what we're well, probably going to be a lot simpler from here's, now on. Here's the thing that we kind of ran into. I was trying to just bring just the one rolly bag because we were only going for a couple of days. So I was like, okay, I'm going to be really good this trip. I'm going to bring the one carry-on and that'll be it. But I always carry a camera with me. And so, like, the camera has to come out because of that. But then, like, I packed the camera in the middle of my clothes. And not knowing this, I had un- I had to put my carry-on up, unzip it, take that out. But then I also had packed my Game Boy is under all of that, too. I had to take out the Game Boy because it's bigger than a cell phone. So, like... I bought you a Switch. You traveled the Game Boy? Well, well this was the time before that I... Uh-huh, this was, uh-huh, this was uh-huh, when I was coming uh-huh, back uh-huh. I, I like to alternate. Mental note. I have them both. Anyway, so... I bought the, all the guys' Switches. I brought my I bought Switch all to the guys Switches <laughs> So that they had... But when they're impossible to get. And he goes to California. What does he bring? He brings a Game Boy. It, we all played Mario Kart on Coming my up next, in the lobby. We're taking resumes. Um, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Oh, I'm not. Gosh. Okay, I'm joking. <laughs> Sound bite. But but it's just crazy because now it's like you have to bring multiple bags if you're, you're going to bring anything that isn't your clothes. And everybody brings like an iPad or a computer. Or so it already was a process to get the I, the laptop out of my bag. Like just imagine trying to be a one bag person. <laughs> but you, you mentioned Los Angeles. Um, something weird going on at LAX when you're flying back here. I, we, we fly Delta. They have right now, and I think it's because terminals being built or things are going on. I know Delta's investing out there. But the last two times I've been out there, I have to drop my bags off to check at Terminal 2. But then I have to go to the international terminal, which is Terminal 4, for my flight back. Oh, that's Which weird. is like, okay, it's, you know, weird, but it's not that big a deal. It's not a, not a long walk over to that terminal. What's interesting is that both times I've done this, I have not been TSA pre-check. Um, in the international terminal, they don't have clear. I am a clear member. They don't have clear, so that doesn't matter. <clears throat> but the entire security procedure in that airport, in that terminal was all TSA pre-check, basically. No, don't take your shoes off. Don't take your belt off. Don't take your laptop out. Don't do any of that stuff. Just put it all in the thing and walk on through. Um, and I threw security in 15 minutes. And this is international. So I don't know if they're doing... And I asked about it, and I got a very curt response. We don't discuss security screenings. Of course. I'm like, okay. Um so I'm not sure, you know, if they're doing something extra special there now, if this is a test, or because these flights are all, you know, allegedly leaving the country, except mine, um, they don't care <laughs> what happens. I don't know. <laughs> Goodbye. But Leave the I just thought that was interesting. And the fact now that they, yeah, that they're adding food to the list of things that you may end up having additional screening for. Do you think... Um People are packing their carry-on so tightly that they just can't see what this stuff is. No, I think they're – I, I remember reading somewhere that they are concerned about explosives being hidden. Like amidst, in a Snickers bar. In I mean, food. In yeah. food. And <laughs> so, you, you know, do. it's – you know, obviously this must be based on some kind of intelligence that, you know, that they hear. I, I have nothing but the highest respect and admiration – and belief in our intelligence services, um, 
so that it must be where this is coming from. And, you know, so now they're having to adjust screening procedures. And I, I know it's annoying. Uh, I never, ever, 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 ever give the TSA people any crap. They are no, doing their job. Oh, you well need, then, if, I'm if, that person. Did you give them crap? Yes, there has been times I've given them crap. Why? For what? Were you Hans Snickerbars? <laughs> <laughs> but because they had an attitude. And, well, and okay, I, that's different. That's their, I mean, they're I being follow, rude. I follow their rules, but there, you, you have to admit there are some TSA people that get up on the wrong side of the bed and... I think, I think know, there you, are. I also think that they probably start losing their temper because from the minute they get to work in the morning, it's a parade of stupid. They're oh, sitting yeah. there in that line saying, take, you know, make sure there's nothing in your pockets, take your belt off, mm-hmm. take your shoes off, put every, repeatedly saying it, saying it, saying it, saying it. And invariably it happens all the time. We all know it. There's that idiot who goes through and goes, you know, the thing lights up like a Christmas tree. Oh, I forgot to take out my chains. I forgot to take out my keys. Here's my cell phone. Like what? You didn't hear in the, in the, in the 25, 30 minutes you've been standing in this line. You didn't hear the 19 times this guy said, take everything out of your damn pockets. And so I think, I mean, I don't even work for TSA and just in this conversation, I'm getting pissed off. (laughs) So I can imagine how frustrating it must be for them. But when they're being, you know, I, Anytime they've ever pulled my bag, they've been respectful. I've never had one that's been particularly, you know, they're not always like, you know, happy sunshine unicorns and rainbows. I've had a few that this one time, um, you know, when your bag goes through the scanner and then you go to grab it. Well, he stopped the machine and sort of walked away. So I grabbed it. And all of a sudden I hear this booming voice. Your arm shouldn't be there. Like he thought I stuck my arm inside where they scan it. I'm like, look at my arm. Does my arm look long enough to go in there? Remove your arm. So, of course, because I did that, then, you know, he had to go through my bag and look for something. And, you know, those little plastic scissors? Mm -hmm. The blunt ones? Yeah, the 25-cent ones that if you even look at them crooked, they can break. And he goes in and he digs through and he finds it goes there it is oh my you know and i wanted to say something at that point and i'm like whatever if that made his day but i found you know when i used to travel a lot for work that the more vocal you are of course they're going to go look through your stuff oh definitely 2014 my pumpkin butter was removed from my bag and I was so upset, and I tried to get it back, and he's like, yeah, nothing I can do. Because you remember the year. I do. It was, really it was fall of 2014, and I lost my pumpkin but you know, but, It was unopened. But the part of that that bothers me is if they're doing all this for security, mild-mannered, quiet Kathy, which doesn't happen all the time, um, you know, I, I could have some. You know what I mean? It's like they're zeroing in on the people that are moaning and groaning and they're the ones usually who haven't taken the stuff out of their pockets. But you could be standing in line and being very quiet and going along with the program, and you could have something that you shouldn't have. But they're not targeting you. Well, uh, all I know is that, you know, the handful of times I have been – I'm going to say it happens every time, but I'm going to say it happens one, of it, one out of every five or six times I travel where I get pulled, where my bag gets pulled um, – and 
you know, I, I know the rules mm-hmm. and I let them do what they need to do. I don't sit there because I see people sitting there huffing and puffing and like, oh, I have to catch my plane. Well, then you should have gotten to the airport on time. Right. Um, Wear sandals. Wear, you and know, dress prepared. Whether or not, you know, we, the argument, you know, we can have the debate. It's security theater. It doesn't really do anything. It doesn't accomplish anything. I don't know. You know what? I don't know because that ain't what I do for a living. And I'm not smart enough to know what should be done or shouldn't be done. This is what they say needs to be done. This is the reality in the airport that if I want to get on that plane, I have to adhere to those rules. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. So whatever you need to do to do your job, I'm not here to make your life any tougher. One way that I can do that is by being mindful of what's allowed and what's not. And uh, not trying to pull, bring those things through security. Um, So for example, okay, so like I would travel with my jewelry i travel with my jewelry and i used to keep it like whatever jewelry i was bringing with me i used to keep like in a bag and it would be like this big clump of like you know rings and bracelets and whatever else because (laughs) i'm a drag queen um and they could never make out what it was so i would always get pulled and of course they're you know taking out some nice stuff and the only time i ever had words with the tsa agent was when he said, we need to screen this in the back. And he was holding on to my jewelry pouch. I said, oh, hell no. If you're taking that anywhere, I'm going with it. I'm going with it. I'm going to watch everything you do with it. You need to get a second passport and for then I had, David Yerman. Then I, I, I had to... No, not David Yerman. John Hardy. Um, <laughs> but I like... There's not a lot of daylight between them, but anyway. Um, so I, you know... But that's the only time I've ever given a TSA guy a hard time. I used to get it, and I'm sure you've gotten it too, with um, computer equipment and cables and stuff. Mm-hmm. I would get the, oh, you sure car- carry a lot of electronics. Well, it's part of my job. Right. You know, and it's like, I don't mind that you're taking it out. Just, you know, don't just sort of slam it back in because some of the stuff was delicate equipment. That's right, all, exactly. That's, that's all I ask is, you know. And I've never had a problem with that. I do wish they would make those conveyors just a little bit longer. So you had more mm-hmm. time to start, especially if they're going to go with all this, pulling more stuff out. Because I can fill up that whole conveyor by myself. Well, you that's know, the other thing laptop, I'm worried about. bag, my shoes, and then more electronics. Also, it's not unheard of for theft to occur. Right. At, at, this, really? point in the, at this point in the security proceeding. So now what's happening is you're taking really everything of value that you have on you, your laptop, your iPad, your game system, and you're putting them all in separate bins. And, oh, look, there's a switch. Um, yeah. And, you know, used to be the rule was you don't go through until your bags go through right. so that when you're on the other side, your bags are coming out. But they're motioning you through. So now, now there are times when my bag, because you get that one moron yep. in front of you who doesn't take crap out of his pants and he's going back and forth 14 times. And now in the meantime, all my stuff is sitting down there waiting while other people... That's how the person took my bag for D23. You had that happen. Because the, not but only, you didn't steal it. It was a mistake. It was a mistake, but it was a, I couldn't see because all the bags went through. And then not only was it somebody with the stuff in their pockets, it was also then they had to stop to let like a pilot or somebody, maybe a TSA agent, somebody else go through. So then by the time I got through, my bag wasn't there anymore, but my backpack was there. And then I went to leave, and then I was like, my bag isn't here. This is weird. The so, chances of two My Little Pony bags going I, through. 
I tried to pick the original ones. Uh, Did you cry? Uh, I would have cried. It came back to me by all the positive energy in the universe, by some random series of fate. That bag get. That was so bizarre. Yeah. That was so bizarre. I will say, as this relates to MCO, my wife just flew out to Salt Lake, and the wait times at MCO have have been there for a little while, and I don't think they're right anymore because of this, so I wouldn't rely on them. If you're, you know, you get to the airport and it says 20 minutes or whatever, it could add an extra 10 minutes to that because of this new process. Well, you you need to be at the airport a minimum of two hours, Craig, Craig, before your flight. And now they're suggesting that you probably add another 20 minutes. Well, I'll tell you on top of it. that TSA pre-check is just <coughs> the best thing going. It's awesome, right? It is, because I can remember going through um, the, the lanes, and Teresa and I joked that when you hit 75, you finally get to keep your sweater on. So that was like a, <laughs> a life that goal. Was a, that was a goal. Really? <laughs> and now that they've got TSA pre-check, it's um, $85 for five years. It's well worth it. Go you just gray, go right baby. On you go right through with the gray hair. <laughs> yeah, I'm just too lazy to go do the interview. It's it's really you know it's very simple, very I know. easy. I know. What I are just, they, I'm too lazy. I have a question. What are they swabbing the stuff with? Do we know? I mean, swabbing it with? Yeah, I mean, what are they putting on? They just the they food? take the Q-tip and they swab it, and for any, they're, they're looking for the, devices. They're not, they're residue. not putting something on it. No. They're trying no. to see no. if there's anything on it. No. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I thought maybe they were putting. Chemical they were also going to do that with books, and then they backed off on yeah. books. So well, books might be coming. When I went through, it was to take. Uh, it wasn't this this last trip. We didn't have to do any of that stuff, but the one before that, when I was coming back by myself, that I had to take out the book was the other thing too. That was like I had one book. In one bag and one in the other, and I was like, "Oh God, this is terrible." Everyone behind me hates me. That's always the case. Well, that's though. because you're taking a Dr. Seuss book out of my little pony backpack. <laughs> and your Power See, Ranger gloves fall out. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. <laughs> and now I'm trying to host and eat Skittles at the same Sorry. time. Sorry, <laughs> I remember the time the M&M bag broke. And what if that happens? They're gonna like touch each little M&M. I mean, oh gosh, that's no, just, at that point you should just throw out the M&Ms. Right? What was in my bag? Or buy your snack. Buy your snack at the gate. I know. All right. Too expensive. So. Let's move on to the uh, the issue of the day. It was the issue of the day last week. It's still the issue of the day today. And that is uh, dogs being allowed at the Disney resorts. Now, I, I made a mistake, folks. I have to admit, I made a mistake. Last week, I said, there's no way, no way, Disney is not going to cordon off a certain area in these resorts that are dog friendly only they're never going to give them the run of the hotel well that is in question now and it is in question because of the conflicting information coming out of Disney um, I actually had Steve call guest services talk. over at the Yacht Club yesterday yep. talk to a cast member and I just made up a story saying that I was planning on staying at the Yacht Club and that I was allergic to dogs. And I said, you know, is there any way, any guarantee that you can tell me that I'm not going to be staying in a room that's had a dog before? Or, you know, what, what is the procedure? And they basically said, you know, there is a blocked off room. So it kind of went against what we had heard. And they said that you can also request an additional extra cleaning of the room. So hopefully that's now... 
the set procedure. I heard that too. I called Riverside and got the same basic, no, you will not be in a room with where a dog has been. I called Riverside and uh, the campground. And Riverside also told me that they're going to have little maps of where the dogs can go. Yeah, where they can walk. Dog-friendly maps. But people on the boards have been reporting making similar phone calls and getting much different information. I think what it was is that when the first came, when the news first came out, people made calls right away, and I think cast members, you know, well, they shouldn't have. They should have just said, "Let me find out." But here is where, and they, here is where my rant comes in. Here is where my rant comes in. You're absolutely right. Cast members didn't know. Disney announces this because it's a knee jerk. We need to figure out a way. To up the per night price of certain rooms by between fifty and seventy five dollars a night, because that's what they're charging for this, folks. If you're at the yacht club, it's an extra seventy five dollars a night to bring Skippy with you on vacation. If you're at Fort Wilderness, Port Orleans, Riverside, or uh, um, uh, Art of Animation, correct? Yeah, uh, it's another fifty dollars a night. So hey, that's a great idea. Let's go ahead and do that. Let's not think about anything else. Let's not plan this out. Let's not make sure that we're thinking about how are we going to deal with allergy issues? How are we going to deal with this? How are we going to deal with that? How are we going to communicate this to our cast members so that they're giving the right information? How, at this stage of existence, does Disney not see that these would be questions? And I dismissed those and this is what I'm apologizing for. I dismiss those concerns, saying, of course, Disney is never going to put somebody with an allergy in a room that's had a dog in it. And then, lo and behold, people are calling Disney being told, we can't guarantee that. That we can guarantee that we'll do an extra cleaning. But, you know, one woman was told, dogs will have run of the house. They'll be in the elevators. They'll be... Oh, my. Okay. And I don't think these people are lying. So I think that Disney, again, money grab, not thinking through all the implications to have a fully formed policy, managing the way the information was rolled out and making sure the people that were going to be answering the questions all had the same information so that we're not getting conflicting information from different sources. When I called last week because I had uh, five clients that were concerned for one reason or another and I wanted to put in a request for them to have a room that a dog hadn't stayed in or just to state that there, there was a problem and she read me a prepared statement about you know that they're doing this and they're going to clean the room and they're going to do this and that and I said well can you put a request in there because Disney will take requests for just about anything mm-hmm. And she said, no, we're not taking requests. They're free to go stay at a different resort. There you go. I heard that. So I called this morning for those same five people, and I got a different one. And I said, you know, tell me, what, where do we stand this week? And she says, oh, sure, we're taking requests if your clients don't want to be in a dog room. So what you're supposed to ask for is a non-pet-friendly room. She said there was something about the different categories. I guess there's only certain categories that they're going to put people with dogs in. But to make sure, and it's a guaranteed request, which is unusual. 
for the dog or for the no dog room? For the non-pet friendly room. And why, why now is this changing? Because people have lost their collective minds over this. And that is what should not happen. Disney should have thought this through. That should have been the policy from the day it was announced. That's what should have been communicated. And it wasn't because, again, knee jerk, money grab, figure out the details later. I called the. Go ahead. What I find interesting is Disney's now reaction of like, oh, yeah, of course you can have a room request. Like, before, you can't act like, oh, yeah, of course you can do this if two days ago it was a different policy. I just think that's an interesting way of cast members presenting it. Like, mm-hmm. of course you can have a request when they were saying something different. Well, I, I just, call- you know, sorry, Corey. I feel bad for my clients that, you know, Disney, who's usually so accommodating, that I had to go back and say, well, you're free to go to a different resort. But I also said to my clients, let's just, because none of them are coming for a couple months. I says, let's just hold tight. And I'll keep you informed on what the policy is because who knows? In another month from now, they they might change. These are it. all people that have dog allergies or don't want to be in a room where a dog was, right? Right. right. So the dogs are going to be in the elevators and everywhere, right? They're going to have to be, right? Because I asked when I called, I was like the dog owner calling, and I said, "Does it matter what kind of dog I have?" You know, thinking like if you give me a different room. Breeds, you can't yeah, I said, "Well, I have a Great Dane and I have a Chihuahua." And she, <laughs> I feed the Chihuahua to the Great Dane, but. and I said, so I can take my my larger dog anywhere I want. And well, there's ma- that's when she said there would be maps where you could go. I said, what if I'm I got to come through the lobby? Won't that other people be upset? You know that I'm coming through the lobby? Oh no, they have things in you know that would be normal. And people that have allergies and things, it won't bother them so much. This she told me. Because you're in an open space, you're not in a room, and I'm going this, okay. This, like I, this blows my mind how ridiculous this is. The dogs are already there. People come to Disney with service animals that have probably stayed in your friggin' room already. Like I don't understand people. I, you well, are go to a supermarket, you go to a park, you go to a place. You're outdoors in the world. I can't okay. tell the woman next door to stop walking. Well, I know, right? Just something you got to remember though. There's something you got to remember. Remember when New Fantasyland opened? And in that one circus area, there were the images of peanuts Peanuts. in the concrete. And people were flipping out on guest services that my child is allergic to peanuts and you have peanuts in the ground. And they weren't peanuts. It was just, it was fake. fake. But people, I mean, lost their minds. It's just so weird to me. So when, you know, if, you know, if... With the service animals, you know, Disney doesn't, you know, advertise it and people aren't thinking about that. And then again, it's also very uncommon. It's I'm not that, you know, it's just it's not the same as opening up a policy saying, come on, bring your dog. Um, so I think that is part of it. But also the complete lack of information coming out of Disney, even now, even now. The complete lack of information coming out of Disney about this policy, clarifying these issues, they had to have thought at some point, somebody in a meeting somewhere had to say, hey, guys, listen, people with allergies are going to be very concerned about this. What's our policy and what are we going to communicate? And I'll guarantee you that guy got ignored because all they're saying is $50 a night. So we can protect a premium on if we can get the X number of room nights a year, we'll raise our revenue by X percent. I called I called um, Riverside um, after I called uh, the campground. I was told the campground that they will have designated loops 
um, just for dogs, just for the dog cabins. Now, what if you like that loop, but now it's a dog-only cabin? I mean, a, a dog-only loop. I called Riverside. The guy sound, sounded pretty knowledgeable at for. Uh, uh, Fort Wilderness. I called uh, Port Orleans Riverside. I was literally read the press release. Did she you said, get oh, to I'm, reset? I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking up some information now, and she read me the press release. <laughs> I was like, no, I have all that information already. I just need to know, you know, if I stay on the second floor, is there going to be like a dog under me? Like if it's barking. I didn't say if I was a dog owner or I was trying to avoid dogs. I just called as just a random guess. Get some information. But just the lack of knowledge at Riverside that she read me the press release. It's just a lack of knowledge everywhere. Like uh, it's a lack cast- of communication. It's a lack of a policy by Disney communicated down to their cast members. That's what this is. But it's also a lack of knowledge in terms of the consumers, the people getting the rooms. Because if they think they should be worried about a dog peeing on the floor or throwing up or taking a crap on the floor, then obviously they haven't stayed in a room with me before. <laughs> Because there's been times wow. where he couldn't get out. Yeah. He goes to a few breweries. Teresa even knows there's been a time where I've destroyed a room yeah. because and I was sick. Who was your and roommate? Had to come over and hang out in my room. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I remember that, those days. It, it happened, but I'm just saying, <laughs> people are disgusting. They treat hotel rooms like a hotel room, not yeah, like I'm their like, house. But it's it's different when you have. Okay, so my aunt, for example. Um, her allergy is to cats and it's severe it's not like her eyes water and she sneezes a little bit she gets extremely sick if she is anywhere that a cat has been so when I had Figaro my aunt could not come to my house no matter how much I cleaned and even after Figaro died for a couple of years she was still nervous about coming I'm like I clean better than that she's like you don't understand how it gets for me and I don't, because I don't have those allergies. And so I don't understand. So I have to listen to the people that do. I have to listen to what their experiences are and what their concerns are, because they live with this and I don't. Um, my question is, why, isn't, why hasn't Disney done that? This policy should have been clear the day it was released. It's not new to Disney that when they release something new, the Internet reacts. And that that drives policy. For you, whether you want to admit it or not, it drives policy for you. So, how do you not know at this point that this is what's going to happen? You know you're going to do the right thing. I know you're going to do the right thing. We all know you're going to do the right thing. All we're asking is that you do the right thing from the beginning. Think it through a little bit. Cool your heels on the money grab just long enough to figure out what your policy needs to be and what the concerns are going to be. And how do I communicate that to my guests? Just take a breath. For the last two years, it has been one money grab after another. I've said it before on the show. It's a knee-jerk reaction. We need to make more. We need to make more. We need to make more. And we're not thinking through how we're doing this. Sometimes these things end up being good. I think this is a great policy. I think it's awesome that people that want to bring their dogs to Disney can But I also think the people with allergies and concerns have every right to have those fears and concerns listened to, addressed, and allayed because they're paying the same amount of money to be there as everybody else is. And they deserve the same consideration. I don't think Disney has given it to them. And I apologize because last week I dismissed that. I dismissed those concerns because I thought there was no way 
Disney would ever tell a guest, I can't guarantee the room you're going to have doesn't have a dog, didn't have a dog in it before. That there would be no way Disney would ever, under any circumstances, have communicated that to a guest. And then lo and behold, I log on the boards the other day and there it is. Yeah, I, I, you know, I said Disney to me, and I'm sure to all of us here, it's a place you go to forget about life for a while. And when they came out with this dog policy and then went, well, hey, it's just how it is, live with it, that to me didn't sound like the Disney that I know and love. And it's like, I got to give them time. You know, they're going to make this right, they're going to do this the right way. Because it seemed like everybody who brought their dog during the hurricane had a very positive pleasant experience so i'm hoping that's probably what gave him the idea what's that's what that's what the cast member told me on the phone this morning that uh, that was sort of like their test they they had been thinking now who knows that they had been thinking about this but with the hurricane they decided to go ahead with it my concern is one time and maybe i shouldn't judge it by one experience that i had i was in a hotel up in connecticut and somebody had brought their dog and the dog did nothing but bark the entire time Mm. And I'm not one to complain at a hotel. I called the front desk, and I was so fired up. I felt so bad for that dog being in that room. He didn't know anybody right. there. I wrote a note and stuck it in the door. You go, Kathy. For and the it's dog like, to read or what? For the people when they I'm came back. Like, how dare they leave their dog in the room all day? And the management came up, and they comped my stay because – that's that's not what you bring your dog to Disney for. I get why you want to bring your dog, but you don't leave them in your room all day to bark. Now, I know Disney has means to handle that, but again, that's something that's going to come up. I just hope Disney is receptive to what people have to say, and they refine their policy as they go along. Well, they better put some effort into communicating what that policy is, because right, right now we're getting six different stories from six different cast yep. members. Can we talk about Kathy? Saying she's nice to everyone, but we've had two stories today now of her yelling at people. I do have word here. I have my moments. Do you have a room with Kathy? Woo, I'm telling you. Her moments, her days, her hours. All right. So that is going to do it for news. We're going to move on to Rapid Pfizer. Rapid Pfizer. Rapid Fire. And we'll start with you, Tess. Okay, I'm ready. Disney has released its holiday headband collection with these festive options. Sequined mini ears with bright green bow, Santa Mickey ears complete with a tiny little Santa hat, and an ugly sweater mini headband with red pom-pom ears. A what? Ugly sweater. Oh, oh. It's really not. I thought they were all ugly, so. Oh, they're all kind of. Um, and that's another one of those. Are they doing that? Because now if you look on the internet or on Facebook, everybody and their mother are making... Yes. Disney is shutting yes. Etsy down. Yeah. Are they? No. <laughs> They're trying. People, people, make, people make ears for every day, every park. And I know this. Some of them are really creative. And they're very interesting. And I like them. And Disney's getting their I, piece of the pie. I, I give them credit, but there's no way they can ever match what people are doing at home when no. they're spending the time and effort to make it unique and creative. You can't mass produce what they're doing like a couple of years ago there was the craze of everyone trying to make the the wreath from um haunted mansion holiday and nightmare before christmas so this year disney put out uh 
their version of it that is yeah. so cheap and they're selling it for $40 and it's just a felt piece of crap. But yet people are still doing tutorials online to how to make it yourself for less money and it's going to look a lot better. Well, and not everybody is crafty like Kathy. Kathy. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to say that crafty Kathy. <laughs> um, I'll call you the B word after the show. Okay. So anyway, um, this is a nice. I think this is nice because there's a lot of people. This is gonna. This is gonna be good for them because they're not gonna make their own ears. They're not gonna take the time to. But what about the people that are allergic to the ears? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Pete, what's your email address? Because I think they're cute. They are I'm, cute. The you know the glitter, the little Santa hat, which that's my least favorite. You know, I don't know, whatever. Wrap right. it enough for you. There you go. Thank you, Teresa. <laughs> Steven. Okay, so starting on November 17th, there will be a new mission at Star Tours in both Disneyland and Disney's Hollywood Studios. Um, it's going to be on the planet of Crate. Is that Crepe? Crate. Crate. Yeah. Okay. Um, which is featured in the new uh, Star Wars Last Jedi, Jedi um, film coming up soon. So, I don't know. I'm excited. I, when the last one, the last mission for Force Awakens came out, that was kind of cool. So I'm excited to see what this one's all about. Let's be clear here. The news is when it starts, not that it is coming. Yes. Okay. It starts on November 17th. Right. Yes. Because they announced yes. this at uh, that thing that Craig and I slept over for. Celebration. Dang. Celebration. Yeah. No, we knew this was coming, but now we know it's November Picky 17th. Picky much right now? No, I'm just saying because I said it the other day, and I said it incorrectly by accident. So I'm just, oh. I'm just reemphasizing that the news part of this is the date, not the okay, thing. Skip. Oh no, I'm not saying it at him. I'm just correcting. I'm just saying <laughs> no, it you were just correcting. Okay, go ahead. Shut up, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you, Steve. Kathy. Okay, the Ale and Compass, located at the Yacht Club, is going to open November 26, 2017, and you can start planning now what you'd like to have. A wide assortment of items, including entree options like hearth open oven pie with white clams or chorizo, an open-faced skirt steak sandwich, and a grilled plant-based bacon cheeseburger. Does anybody want to explain that to me? What a grilled plant-based bacon cheeseburger is? It's vegan, right? I guess so. It's fake and bacon. I think I'm really excited to try it. I like I like going out of the box on certain I like fake things. And so God. I've never I've never had fake cheese before. Like I've always been afraid of that. And I with the reason, bacon. this is why you don't room with Craig. <laughs> <laughs> and this is formerly Captain's Grill, and we do have the we- uh, the menu up on our website. Fuss about it, Kathy. Tell us. Fuss about what? What you just read? Got any beefs you want to put up with the fake and bacon? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy's being shamed into silence. <laughs> Not everything bothers me. <laughs> All right, thank you, Kathy. Corey. All right, the, the Disney Parks blog released the first look at the outside of the NBA experience coming to Disney Springs West Side in the summer of 2019. The structure was designed, um, it was inspired by modern architecture from uh, new NBA arenas around the country. Uh, the space coming to the West Side will combine entertainment of both Disney and the NBA. The experience will include interactive games and competitions, immersive experiences, a retail store, and an adjacent restaurant. We all, yeah, we all agree this down. is the dumbest thing ever. Yep. You, know, you know what where I is think? This at? Where is um, Disney Quest. Where Disney oh, Quest was. being knocked down. Yeah. I, I would have... I'm not an NBA fan. I'm a sports fan, but I'm not really into NBA because I didn't grow up with a pro 
uh, team in New Orleans. I, I almost wish they would have used this space and reimagined ESPN, brought that away mm-hmm. from the boardwalk, done something else with that space, mm. and done a bigger, like, cross-platform Sport, sports, sports arena yeah. where, you know, not just not basketball. Just NBA, it's like if some other theme park destination could come <laughs> up with a, a restaurant based on sports that's based on a sports <laughs> channel that exactly, they owned. Right? <laughs> if only someone if else only. would do that after oh. getting rid of two experiences that were no longer relevant like the nba and nascar, NASCAR but i'm not oh my well okay oh, i mean it looks nice but I'm, uh, hopefully they have good food uh, excuse me bitter party of one bitter <laughs> all right thank you Corey. gregory okay so uh disney this morning i believe because i read it on the daily fix they shared a sneak peek at woody's lunchbox coming to toy story for next something? summer well it's uh, the confusing part i think someone wrote it in the article too maybe steve if he read wrote it i don't know I who did um it's i mean clearly woody may be on the lunchbox but shouldn't it be andy's lunchbox oh, oh, that was so, yeah. oh. yeah so yeah, yeah i agree with her point but i also think maybe they're saying like there's the actual woody's roundup in toy story 2 like collectible lunchbox and maybe that's what it's referring to oh. but andy owns it it's andy's yeah, backyard it is, it's yeah it's andy's but i'm just saying i that i think that's what they're going for. i not that may, i agree may god have mercy on my soul i, I will say the <laughs> it's gonna be Whatever. just like the, the little cares? quick service windows and i i actually like the idea of this because um you know, like out in California at Cars Land, they have the cozy cones set up, and it's just that quick style. And that's some of the best snacks you I can get there. Places. So if this is the same idea they're going with, kind of like the cozy cone of Toy Story Land, then maybe this could be good. That could be very good. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Thank you, Craig. Rhino. Okay. There's some Star Wars-inspired food and snacks coming to the uh, Star Wars Galactic Nights at uh, Hollywood Studios this year. Um I'm a little bummed out. It's just for this part of the year. But um, as you can see in the photo, if you're watching here, they've got the uh, blue and red churros that they had at Disneyland. I don't know if we had those here. Did we? No. Thank you. Um, Yeah, the last Galactic Nights. They had them for that? Yeah. Okay, they just sold these on the regular at at Disneyland. Um, But, um, yeah, so there's some other... Those look cool. Yeah, there's some other in... I like the holders myself because it's a little lightsaber handle. Is it plastic or chocolate? That is a churro. It's a churro. No, the whole, like, the actual hand is cardboard. It's, it's cardboard. cardboard. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know if it's I do agree. Keep. It should, all all food vessels should be edible as Take well. Take a note, put your friends So, uh, there's also, they're playing fast and loose here with, like, the, this is based on. So, there's, there's one that's sweet and crunchy popcorn, which the inspiration for this is disgusting because it's the garbage shoot scene in episode four, A New Hope. So this food is inspired by garbage from Star Wars. Um, and then the next one is shrimp and chorizo skewer, um, chorizo sausage, sweet potato hash and shrimp. This one's inspired by the appetite of the Wookiees. Sure. And then uh, the Tatooine bisque, which looks very yellow. So it says Tatooine, inspired by Tatooine. And I was like, whatever you say, pal. Um, but there's also going to be some different drinks and stuff like that. It does seem fun. And I am trash for themed food and beverage. So I am a little jealous that it is only there for just that day and not like a normal Star Wars offering. So, But don't you think they will have once it all opens up? There's going to be all kinds of. I want to believe they will. They have to. That's what gets me through the days. <laughs> That's what you dream about at night. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Rhino. 
Before we wrap our show for today, um, we want to talk a little bit about uh, an article that was put up on the Diz this past week by uh, our contributor Kelly Caldwell that was entitled The Most Underrated Quick Service Locations in Each Walt Disney World Park. And um, I'm sorry, my little notifications are going off here. Um, so what I want to do is we're going to go through what she lists as her most underrated um, agree, disagree, and what would you put in its place if you disagree? Uh, the first one um, is in the Magic Kingdom, Columbia Harbor House. Do we feel that that's underrated? No. I do. I do. Oh, okay. 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 So when I, I didn't know, as a kid, we came every year. Um, this is a place that I, for some reason, was like, is this new? And they're like, that's been there forever. And I was like, what? This is the worst conversation I've ever had with myself. But um, it, it's just one of those places that, as a kid, oh, no, we kind of just came around the corner. And we, like, I missed it all the time. And on top of that, whenever I did go in there, I didn't even know there was an upstairs. that go, Like, the bridge that oh, you can sit in and part. you can over... Kathy's actually the one who introduced that to me. So that was something that I don't know how many years I've been to Disney for. And it wasn't until I started working here I really experienced that place. See, I've never been in there when there hasn't been a sprawling line. Like, uh, always really? very, very long. And part right, of underrated means it's kind of something that no one goes to right. because they don't really know how okay, good it so is. Okay, so my experience is totally different, that the second floor is, like, almost always empty. No, not the seating. No. The lines the to, line, get the line to get okay, food. Okay, but it's underrated for what you can use the place for. I don't use it just for dining. If I what need to get cooled off. All right. Oh, you're one that of them. Bridge. <laughs> well, I, I do like the food there. And that's usually where I go if I'm in the Magic Kingdom. Well, she she points out the shrimp, tuna, salmon, and lobster can all be found on the menu in some form. Mm, uh, that's you. one of the reasons. Yeah, right. One of the reasons why she thinks this is underrated. The, the, the seafood. Uh, and I'm not a seafood eater, so I have to rely on those of you that are. Seafood here particularly good? I mean, I, th- I think it is. I've, I've um, when we do our park days, and I know I've, commented several times or posted a picture of the lobster roll and said it's pretty good and everybody goes oh but if you've been to massachusetts and you it's a pa- you know it's it just doesn't compare and it's like <laughs> i've had the lobster right off the yeah. boat up in massachusetts i think for what it is in florida it's pretty good is it as good as massachusetts no but of course it's a not theme park. No, it's a theme park i just <laughs> for me i i don't think there is an underrated restaurant in magic kingdom i, I think gonna, I every everyone yeah, knows the busy. the good ones columbia pecos bill and casey's and then the bad ones you have uh cosmic rays and Based on the last experience Rhino had there was Pinocchio. And then Be Our Guest is in that weird in-between. Because it's, you know, it could be good, could be bad, could be hard to get in, this, that, and the other. I think it might be considered underrated uh, in the article because maybe it's the type of food that they're, you know, if you just want a hamburger, you can't get it here. Um, You can get chicken nuggets for the kids and stuff like that. But it might be just considered underrated because not everybody in the family is going to be into seafood um, and, and want to go there. I, I think it's a great location. Um, but So for those of you who do not think that this is overrated, what would you say the most Under- – or underrated? Uh, what would you say the most underrated restaurant quick service in the Magic Kingdom is? Skippy. Someone's oh, no. I said that it was. Oh, did you? Okay. I said no. that it was. I, I personally – I don't think there is an underrated. I think the ones that are good 
our all right, what people if we know expand it? What if we expand it to all dining locations in the Magic Kingdom? What do you think? I'll tell you right now, mine is Jungle, Jungle Skipper Canteen. I think that is absolutely not only the most underrated restaurant in the Magic Kingdom. I think it's the most underrated restaurant in the theme parks. Really, I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, but what would you say? What would you say is the most underrated at the Magic Kingdom? I probably agree with you on that. I can't think of anything else that doesn't usually have crowds that is always like it's been at least good every single time I've had it. And it's easy to get a reservation there. Like last minute we would have a walk up and yeah. get a reservation. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Just to cool off. <laughs> like we'll eat whatever you have. We just cool <laughs> off. And there's alcohol. All right, moving over to Epcot. Um, she uh, gives a nod to the Tangerine Cafe in Morocco or the Katsura Grill in Japan. What? No, Kathy's over there making faces. She can't stand those the places. The Morocco, which is the Morocco one that you said? The, the Tangerine, Tangerine Cafe. That's yeah. the one across from the Tapas restaurant. I 100% agree that that is underrated yeah. because yeah. I that somebody introduced that to me years ago and that literally every time I go to Epcot that is where I will go to quick service to eat that's my number one choice well, well, I think Kathy's, ha- hold on. Kathy's having a moment over here so why <laughs> she, she needs a bucket why, why, the, why the faces Kathy I just I think you took I've, me I've been yes I forced to and eat there done, one time it's just not my style she doesn't food. like it I think you, if you look at the menu and you don't know what type of food this is? You don't. You haven't had these flavors and these combinations before. You're gonna. You're gonna go past it. But if you try it, Kathy, try it more than once. I promise. Mm-mm. Oh, maybe not. It's not her thing. It's not her thing. Yeah. Start with a sangria and then follow up. Oh, well, that I can do. <laughs> I think it's. I mean, I do believe that's underrated. I agree. I I, I think. Ta- I ta- I'm sorry, Kathy, but Tangerine Cafe is wonderful, and it is very underrated. I think people just don't even realize it's there. They yeah. just keep walking past yeah. it. What about uh, Katsura Grill? I agree with that too. Uh, I yeah. think that one's underrated. That's the one that's up on the hill, right? Yeah, it's kind of tucked yeah. away. I didn't even know yeah. it existed. Yeah, for I a agree. Long time. Another one that I didn't know existed, and you go up there, and it's beautiful. It's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. The food and is good. You can get ramen up there. I am yeah. obsessed yeah. with ramen, and like it's it's pretty good and Cheap decently day. priced too. Yeah. Is there anything else in Epcot? I don't do a lot of quick service at Epcot, mainly because there's always events happening, so I'm just going to eat my way around the World Showcase anyway. But there's also the variety of like sit-down places you can eat, like just last minute and grab a seat. I don't do a lot of quick service there. But I will say that those the festivals help these places stay less crowded. So I think like Katsura, if there weren't, if it wasn't for food and wine and flower and garden and now the art festival and everything else that these places would have a lot more traffic but that's what kind of keeps them nice is that there's not a giant line and there's always seating and that you know i think that's what helps these places. I, I w- the one other thing i would add on like everyone knows and loves uh kringola in norway mm-hmm. mostly for like going in for school bread and mm-hmm. other desserts but the the food options they do have there that a lot of people don't usually get are they're pretty good, like especially when they do have the the Norwegian meatballs on the menu and some of the sandwiches that you can get in there. So even if you're like going in for dessert, maybe once in a while try try one of the other options. It's actually really solid too. Okay, let's do Morocco. You and me. Come on, Kat. No, see, I don't like the Morocco restaurant. I don't like. Oh, you don't? I don't. I don't like, but oh. I do like Tangerine Cafe. Oh, I like them both. But all right, let's head over to Animal Kingdom. And um, she's recommending the Yak and Yeti local food cafes. I have not tried these yet, so I really can't the comment. Quick, not tried. The quick service Yak and Yeti? Mm-hmm. 
Uh, that's the only one I've been to. So when you guys kept saying you hate Yak and Yeti, I was so confused. But it, I've I had it with Tom. Oh, one. Uh, yeah, see, I was just saying local food cafes, plural. That's a quick service. Mm-hmm. So that's just the quick service. Yeah, it's yeah. a stupid name. Anything right coming out of Yak and Yeti is disgusting, in my opinion. Oh. Um, I think that restaurant is terrible. Um, I th- it's a Landry restaurant, and they're just really good at crappy restaurants. Um, but I, I've never had a good experience. Now, I know a lot of people have, and every time I say it, they're like, oh, I can't believe it. I've been back there three or four times because I keep hearing this. I'm like, I must be missing something. Mm, no, I just don't like it. I'll tell you what, what I think might be an underrated area, but I, I can't give it like 100% endorsement. Is the um, So I don't know what it's called, but you know where the bar is that's outside of the Lion King show where it is now? Mm-hmm. And then like all the performers are behind you and you're going – like you're walking toward – uh, the safari on the left. There's like a little window in the yeah, wall. I know where you're at. I, it used to be a coffee. Yeah, stand. and it's not a coffee stand anymore. Now it's like a panini place. And I'm I the other day was like struggling even to know find that. a place yeah. to eat. I, I think I was with you. Yeah, and we, was, we, yeah. We, we yeah. So we went to Nomad Lounge, and no good anymore. So the 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 really yeah the appetizers have way downhill, and it's uh, it it was laughable at what we got for what we paid. And I do want to say, like, we got a lot of feedback from it, like, well, why didn't you go and get the the pork ribs and the wings? We've had that way too many times. We know they're good. That's why they've stayed on the menu since the day it came right. out. We're trying different things when we go to these places, and the new additions that they've been putting on Horrible. lately are not up to the standards that it was when the restaurant first opened. Wow. So we were we were disappointed. We walked by, and then we saw that at the window, now they're serving, and there was a bunch of different yeah. types of paninis. There was like four or five. Nobody's at the window, and you know that bar. I forget the name of that bar that's outside of a Tusker House, but like that's never like overly crowded. So it's like a nice little tucked away area mm-hmm. that is serving quick service food that we didn't know was serving food. So that might be an interesting underrated place to check yeah. out. Yeah, and I would say kind of like Magic Kingdom again, Animal Kingdom. There's so few quick service options, and the ones that are good, I think people go there because they're good, and the ones that are bad, a lot of people still go there and they're disappointed. So, I so would, where would you put Yak and Yeti uh, quick service? Uh, good, but it always again it always has a line, so I can't call that underrated. What about you, Rhino? I, I what I had there the one time I went was was fine. I I wouldn't complain about it. I enjoyed it. Steve, good, not underrated. Never eaten there. Kathy, never eaten there. Corey, it's been a while. The last place I've been eating is uh, Satuli. So I don't think that's underrated. No, <laughs> I think I, I, I think arguably Satuli yeah. Canteen in uh, Pandora and Animal oh, Kingdom awesome. is quite possibly, arguably, the best quick service location at any Disney theme park in Orlando. I agree, um, that's awesome. absolutely outstanding. But you know, Nomad uh, uh, Nomad Lounge, uh, you know, they have a habit. They start out strong and then they start messing with it to make more money. And we're seeing it happen I, all over property right now. I also now. wonder with Nomad Lounge that because it was down going towards Pandora, before Pandora opened, it was kind of just a dead end that if, unless you knew about it, they weren't getting a lot of foot traffic down there. So I wonder if the increased amount of people in there has kind of mm. made it harder to keep up the service and the quality of the food. I don't know. Just a thought. I don't know. All right. Over at Hollywood Studios, this is where Kelly and I are going to part company. Uh, Pizza Rizzo. <laughs> It's not underrated. It's accurately rated because it's garbage. Um, uh, she does make the point, uh, not not for the food. It's good, but nothing to write home about. No, it's not. 
Um, but upstairs decor perfectly captures the spirit of Rizzo and his incredibly large family. And it's a, it's refreshing to see a renewed Muppet presence in the park. So, Steve, you're nodding your head well, now. I, I like the Muppets a lot, but there's not a lot of Muppets in there. Like, Mm-mm. it's not overly Muppified, if that's a word. <laughs> oh, I think we've just invented a new word. Muppified. Right? But, so, if it were a ton of Muppet theming in there, then I would totally agree with the sentiment, but I don't really feel that way. I don't know. Unless you look closely, I wouldn't even know. Okay, that well, let me just start with this. Does anybody in this room, has everybody eaten there? Yes. Uh, yeah. Does anybody in this room think that pizza's good? No. 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 God, I haven't no. had it. It's like tomato had sauce. had it once. Uh, it, tomatoes, it, 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 it gives tomato sauce a bad name. Uh, it, it's, it's horrible. Um, I mean, really, 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 really bad. Yeah. And I'm not even talking from the standpoint of somebody from the Northeast. It's like a frozen pizza. It's bad Disney pizza. On top of that. So it's Disney pizza. That's terrible. Yeah. So what about Hollywood Studios? I think um, the most underrated quick service there over on Sunset Boulevard, what is it? Rosie's All-American? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the fried green tomatoes I love sandwich. that fried green tomato sandwich. Holy crap, that's good. Yeah, yeah. I do like that. I think that is the most underrated place. Hmm. Um, never never hard to get. I'll have to try that. Yeah, you know it's, it's never good. not a big crowd there. Even though it's on Sunset, it's part of that Fairfax Market area. Um, there's there's never a major line, and that um, I had never had a fried green tomato sandwich before. <gasps> Jalapeno ranch, oh pepper jack cheese, and it was so oh, good. I'm gonna fry some tonight. That sounds so good. It was delicious. It was absolutely delicious. See, I thought that was good, but that always makes me think of Teresa because she always talks about making it. Yeah, and I would like to try what it's like in the South as compared to how Disney did it, how it's supposed to be. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I thought the one in studios was <laughs> wow. pretty good. I, if, Girl throwing if, down. If fried green tomatoes are on the menu, I get it. And very rarely does it stand up to mine or my mother's. And I'm yeah. not even from the South originally. Do but, you get it because of the Kathy Bates movie, too? Because No, I get it because oh. it's comfort to me. Because when I was a teenager, when the tomatoes got green, but right before they were ripe, I'd pick them and really pissed my dad off because he was waiting for a red tomato and I'd be frying it while he was at work and because I love fried green tomatoes and I love the movie too but yeah I have you had the ones in it's okay I'm see I'd never had one before and I thought it was delicious oh, are they thick I like thin fried green it's tomatoes. gotta be thin like yeah. thin yeah, yeah. the one in the so sandwiches are thin like eggplant yeah oh yeah oh gosh I um, anybody have... else think there's someplace else I'm curious. I haven't been here, but I've been wanting to try it because I've heard good things about it. Is that they were saying the Brown Derby Lounge has like apps and stuff in it now? I don't know if that has counts. It, it has or? since it they opened up the lounge, and it, it's good. Like they have a condensed version of the Brown Derby Cobb and some sliders, uh, and it's good. It's just it's another one of those issues. Unless you're there first thing in the morning, it's crowded. It starts to get very very crowded because it is such a a nice unique spot it's been it's gotten a lot worse since captain phasma has been walking up and down (laughs) freaking that boulevard every single day now so you can't sit there and relax and enjoy the music anymore but uh it's it's decent it's just it's busy all right so well thank you for that article kelly it was a great article and you can check out that article along with many many others on the home off the homepage of the days at www.info.com. And that will do it for our show for today. We hope you enjoyed it, and we'll be back with you again next Tuesday with another edition of the Diz Unplugged. Thanks for being with us, everyone, and remember, 
stay out of the damn lakes. Have a great week. 